Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, welcome to In The Pink, sponsored by Bose. Stay home, stay healthy, stay connected. Um, Okay, so I feel like the big break for you was when you got the call up from Red Bull Racing sort of back in 2007. How much of a surprise was that or how how elated were you? Just cast your mind back to, to, to that moment when you got the call. Well, actually, the, so the end of 2006, so for 2006, I'd gone back to Asia to race. I'd run out of money, basically, to race in Europe. And uh, Renault started up a new championship out in Asia. I got a deal to go out there. Um, so I, I, I raced out there and won the championship. But, but at the end of it, I had no money to come back. And I, I thought at that point, that's it. My driving days are done. I'd actually spoken to a friend of mine who um, runs a Formula 3 team in the UK about getting a job as their team manager and just working for him uh, on the race team. And I'd sort of mentally started accepting that it might have been the end of the road. Um, but I, I had met, I, I'd come to see Bernie in September of that year. And we talked about him helping me to get a GP2 deal for the following season. And anyway, the winter came, December came and went, Christmas came and went, January. And, I, you know, you're sort of sitting on the internet in India, just seeing the entire grid filling up, thinking, yeah, it's not happening. And it was quite uncharacteristic of Bernie not to call back and not to return calls and stuff, because otherwise he was normally very good to us. And um, not, just to interrupt really quickly, am I right in saying that he is your godfather? No, that- it's a rumor that Natalie Pinkham has spread across the paddock. And about 16 people have come and asked me this, saying, oh, Nat's told me this. So somewhere <laughs> you've woken up on the wrong side of the bread, bed, dreamt this up, and then told the whole paddock. I love this rumor. I think he well, should. You started it, so yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> but I heard this years ago. From your think- subconscious. Listen, I hear these stories about people adopting people in later life as their godchildren so maybe we can put a bit of pressure on bernie to do that now anyway to do it now yeah that might yeah. work yeah maybe as you were <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah basically eventually the phone rang uh, at the end of january and bernie called to say there's one last seat left on the grid with durango um i think i could get a deal sorted uh, i had some backing from my indian sponsors and, um, you know, he, he said, there's one last seat. And uh, at the same time, it just transpired that Red Bull were, were looking for drivers outside of Europe a little bit, I think. Uh, Danny Baha was actually uh, the person I spoke to at Red Bull at the time. And um, 
you know, he, he agreed to, so I didn't get the full Red Bull backing from him, but he, he agreed to basically do the top up of the budget between what my Indian sponsors had and what the team needed. Um, and, and somehow that deal all got put together totally last minute and I jumped on a plane and went to, to Rickard. So yeah, with, without Red Bull. And then the following year, you know, they, they, they backed me again. And uh, actually at the end of 07, I got my first F1 test and I did their first simulation days um, when they were first building their simulator stuff. So it, it was a massive break. Um, you know, without, without Red Bull, I'd be done. I would have been, you know, team manager of a Formula 3 team. And a very good job you would have done of it too. But I'm glad, I'm glad that they intervened when they did. Um, tell us about the, the workings of Red Bull, because we see so many drivers come through the system and they always talk about it being ruthless and Helmut Marco being this taskmaster and all the rest of it. What was it like on the inside? If I'm perfectly honest, I didn't do a good enough job of um, really developing that relationship with Helmut that I think other drivers did. I mean, I, I, I remember being on, and I won't mention names, but I remember being on flights back from races with other Red Bull drivers who was a, I was racing with in GP2. And we'd all be on that same EasyJet flight coming back into Luton. And I'd hear them across the aisle on the phone to Helmut after every race. And basically all they did was just complain nonstop about the team they were racing with and telling Helmet, how the team was this, the team was this, the team was this, but I still managed to finish whatever, eighth or something. Uh, whereas I was always the opposite. You know, I, I, I ingrained myself with the team that I was racing with, whether it was Durango or iSport or whoever. And, um, and my approach to life, in not just driving, but in anything I do, has always been to, to look at myself first and my errors and the, the problems that I could have overcome or I could have done better. And I did that as well in my conversation with Helmut. I was, I was maybe in hindsight too quick to blame myself. And he just took it as, well, you're just the one making all the, all the screw ups. Um, and there are a couple of decisions in terms of choosing teams and stuff that, um, you know, he wanted me to do, but my gut told me to go elsewhere. And, and, and in the end, I think why I think my decisions may have been correct politically, it, it, didn't help me with helmet in the long run. Um, and, you know, th those are lessons, life lessons you can only learn with age, right? You, you know, I think I, I wasn't, I, I mean, there's a lot of, um, lot to be said about how you network yourself with key people in, in the paddock, in the sport, in mm. life, in the world. Uh, I've never been somebody who's particularly good at that. Um, I think, honestly, I look at people like Jason Plato, even outside of F1. I look at David Coulthard. Um, even in the broadcast world, you know, people like Crofty and yourself, you guys are uh, naturally warm people that you go out there, you'll talk to anybody, you put yourselves out there, you, 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 you build that network up, that comes naturally to you. Um, my natural state of, of the pleasure I get, I should say, from life is to, I'm a big geeky, I like spending time with engineers and mechanics and boffins and, you know, I would, instead of networking with the right people in the F1 paddock, I would be spending time chatting with engineer friends of mine from other teams in the GP2 paddock about their drivers. And it's like, you know, that in itself is lovely. And I tell you what, it's, it's echoes of Charles Leclerc, you know, blaming himself very quickly. There is something very endearing about the way he does that when he makes a mistake. But as you say, you walk away remembering that he made the mistake, whether that was fair exactly. or not. 
and it's just an interesting one isn't it it's like if you will if I said to you how was your race today and I hadn't seen it and you went well actually it was crap and I was terrible that's what I would take away from that and I probably even if, if I didn't bother to then watch the race all I've remembered is that Karun had a terrible race whether you did or not you're yeah. probably being too hard on yourself um yeah it's a and, and though, I think- isn't it yeah, I think I think some of it comes from, you know, my my natural competitive instinct is first against myself. You know, I, I yeah. I'm very hard on myself to do better. And um, and I think that's it, when you look at the big picture, that's actually in some ways that's, um, you know, that's been a downside, actually. Yeah, but then the flip side of that, and again, I won't name names, but there is one current driver who I know some people feel doesn't own the moment. And when he makes mistakes, he doesn't actually put his hand up. And that in itself can backfire on you because you're like, well, look, we all make mistakes. And actually people would have a lot more respect for you if you if you stood there and said, you know, my bad, I've got to totally own this moment and move on from it. So I don't think, I don't think there's a straightforward answer. But no, but I, I, think, I think there's something to be said about who you're talking to. Um, mm. You know, I think, I think it's important to own the mistakes and stuff like that with, with, you know, your core team of engineers and people like that. But when it comes to the key decision makers in terms of your career progression, then it's important to balance that off with selling yourself. Yeah. And I think that's where I didn't do a good enough job. Um, and I, I know, you know, other drivers were certainly better than me. Thanks so much for listening to In The Pink. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast you've listened to so far. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Check out our Instagram page at in underscore the underscore pink. And you get all the details there about how you can win some of those Bose noise cancelling headphones. And Join the community. We're all talking about the various guests that we've had on the podcast and who we'd like to see and hear in the next few weeks. So thank you for joining us. Stay with us. Stay healthy. Stay home. Stay connected with Bose. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.